the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, episode 43. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hello there. Good morning. How is my friend? (laughs) Your friend is is taxed (laughs) (laughs) to the limit uh i'm pushing up on it Mm -hmm. i am pushing up on it i'm learning what my what my limits are um and yeah being vague but (laughs) this will come out on monday and um so it is about my book that I'm working on and my God. So it was supposed to be released to the world a couple of days ago and it has not, it's just not there yet. Yeah. And, um, I have learned a lot of things. Um, I've never written a book before. Right. And yeah, there's that. <laughs> I've never formatted a book before, uh, and uh, I wildly under- underestimated how long that would take. I have some regrets um, without going into de- boring details about programs and whatnot. I have some regrets about the program that I chose to use. Um, but you're it's a great book. Right? But I'm already in it, yeah. so there's no going back at this point. I just have to keep pushing forward, but it's very clunky, and I just, you know, I just had no idea. It's like, ah, this is just copy and paste. <laughs> well, mm. I, it, yeah. is not, <laughs> it is not copy and paste, and so I am a little disappointed in, well, I don't, you know, life this but it's it is what it is right now but by the time this airs it will be you everyone who has bought it will have their copy and it will be presented to the world um if not then you will hear about uh the arrest of a middle-aged woman in austin texas (laughs) who was found running naked (laughs) Through the streets of the city. Uh, <laughs> cursing her computer. Um, so, so, Sandra, this was incredibly ambitious. Not that I don't think that you can do anything, because I absolutely know that you can. But you actually have until the 31st, is what I was thinking this morning when I was waking I know, up. I'm like, this, girl, really this girl has until the end of the month. But you <laughs> wanted it out on the 22nd. And I think that's part of the creative process when we realize, like, sometimes there's things beyond our control. I mean, if right. I hadn't roped my husband into helping me with my project and all the formatting, Sandra, it wouldn't have been done. I well, couldn't have there done were, There were ice days that, you know, Children. threw me off. <laughs> right. Sting. Damn kids always <laughs> ruining things. But, um, you know, there were ice days 
uh, last week that were totally unexpected. So I lost like a couple of work days. And, um, so anyway, it just really threw me off. But so I feel like I'm apologizing a whole lot and, Mm. and, but I'm, I'm close. I'm really close. And, uh, but listen to this. So (laughs) this is not, this, this is, I'm not making this up. So, um, so, you know, I love like our friend Katie Chronicles Mm -hmm. and our friend Jen James and other friends on social media who talk about their angel numbers all the time. And I like to make fun of it, I guess. Like I like to make fun of a lot of things and I love it. I mean, I'm saying that I love it. Like tongue in cheek. Yeah. I'm just kind of like tongue in cheek. I like to make fun of myself. And I have said before that my angel number is 420, which is really ironically funny because a, I'm sober and, um, and B, I was never even much of a pot smoker. So if you, don't know this, which I don't think you knew this for whatever reason, but historically the number 420 is associated with the the pot smoking world. (laughs) And it has been for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I guess like 420 is like the time you toke up. And uh, (laughs) it's really funny, but like, since I've been sober, I see the number 420 all the time. And I invariably we'll look at the clock every day in the afternoon at 420. It's so weird. It's sometimes not every day, every other day, but it happens a lot. It happens a whole lot. And I laugh about that all the time. Well, finally, a month ago, I finally looked up the meaning of 420. If you type in angel number and whatever number you're, you're, you're referencing or you're seeing a lot, things will come up, um, on, on the, the webs. But, um, so the, but the last two mornings I have woken up on the dot at 420. What? <laughs> yes. yes. This morning, I <laughs> shit you not this morning and yesterday morning, I woke up on the dot at 420. So let me just tell you what some people, numerologists or those people that write about numbers say about the angel number 420, that it is a message that you are opening your heart to wonderful possibilities and opportunities to do with your soul mission. Your life purpose is an important one and you are prompted to put your efforts towards living and serving it to the fullest. So that's, um, I know, isn't that funny? (laughs) No, it's perfect. It is of course it is. Of course that's why you're seeing it. And especially the last two days. Right. Oh, and then, yeah, you were intuitive, intuitively prompted to expand a spiritually based career, practice, or profession, or a heart-based service. I know. I know. Oh, sounds like so, that's the whole deal right there. Thank you, angels, for waking me up at 420 mm-hmm. <laughs> this morning, mm-hmm. yesterday morning. And get your ass to work. Get back to work. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, I'm glad you looked that up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 so inspired and proud of you. And um I can't wait to see it be born. And sometimes babies don't come on time. You're right. You know? Sometimes I know. Don't. Some of us need an extension. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think that what I'm interested in, Sandra, and maybe we can talk about this after it's all said and done, but just the process of doing it. I mean, I like hearing about process so much. And it's not just a one and done, like, oh, I'm just going to put out a book that has 365 days in it, like in reflections and writing and prompts. That is so much work. Mm. And the formatting, that's where I lose my mind. Yeah, that's, I've, I'm telling you, <laughs> the clothes are coming off. <laughs> I wish I lived in Austin. I could help you. I wish I could come over and put some clothes back on you before you do that. <laughs> Throw on a kimono and at least <laughs> look good while you're doing it, Sandra, while you're losing your mind. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, and what about you? What are you up to? Um, I am up to single, single, solo parenting this week. And I only have one kid, I know, so no one needs to give me any sympathy. But I really rely on my husband for a ton of stuff. You know, we live kind of remotely. So um, on Monday, I had an unexpected thing happen with my dog. And I I took five separate trips to town, which one town's 35 minutes away, one town's uh, 15 minutes away, one town is 20 minutes away. But I had to do five separate trips... all before like three o'clock in the afternoon and I was just so tired of driving (laughs) I was like Steve usually helps me out with all of this you know and dinner and errands and just run into the post office so it's like little things which I know are not a big deal and the reason I'm sharing is because this lady's sober and I can do it all actually you know I don't have to play martyr or drama um I I you just do it but I love that I can show up that way. And this week I've been really feeling that. I've been feeling um, present and knowing that I can get it done. So that feels good. Um, other than that, I'm just I'm going to start my painting project today when I go to school. And I'm pretty excited. That's what I dreamt about last night was I dreamt in color last night. It was just all oh, colors cool. when I woke up. Oh. And I had to quickly put those colors down in my journals um, right when I woke up this morning. Yeah, um, different color pathways that I wanted to use together. So that was kind of exciting. That is exciting. Yeah, and I'm going to share. This will be my year-long project, and I have a uh, – I was offered – I don't can't remember if I shared this last week or not, but I was approached to um, be in a gallery show. No, uh, I don't think you did. It's going to be my first one, I guess. Um, we're going to go check out the gallery next week. I was um, invited by a woman – a friend of mine, a fellow artist who's also in recovery, and she wants to share the show with me. And That's I, exciting. I know. And I said, well, are you sure? And she's, I said, you haven't seen, you don't even know what I could make. And she says, I've been, yeah, I see what you make. You share it. I, I Yeah, I want to do it with you. I was like, okay. So we're going to go meet the gallery owner, and it'll be in June sometime. And um, now I need to make work to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that will motivate me. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll tell you more about that in a future episode when I have all the details. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited. And uh, my independent study, it's really me uh, kind of formulating all of this. And just my professor is going to help me problem solve. But it's really good mm-hmm. to me in the studio to create the work that I want to create, which feels uh, liberating and scary at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, but not super scary. But just kind of uh, exciting is more than scary. Exciting is what it is. Kind of yeah. like nervous, exciting. Like, ooh, okay, I guess it's all up to me to figure it out. Right. That's where I'm headed after we're done with this. That's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. 
let's see. We should probably get to telling people. Do we have anything to share? And I think that's it. People maybe could rate us on iTunes. Yeah. Um, join our secret Facebook group if you want to. Reach out to us on Facebook. Um, with T- I'm Tammy Salas on Facebook. Sandra. Sorry, I was just taking a drink of something. Sandra Talbert Primo. I'm like, did she forget her mm-hmm. name? <laughs> She's I had a fizzy beverage in my mouth. And um, we've been having some nice conversations over there. And I've been really appreciating the, the, the new member, all the members, but the, we've added some yes. members since last week. And it's just been nice. It's been a really nice place. Yeah. Um, okay. So today's guest uh, is Jenna Zafino. And met Jenna through uh, different online groups, kind of met, I should say, observed and interacted and kind of watched her for a little while. And she's just, the last couple of years has just been evolving and growing in her business and her online presence. Um, And so I was kind of interested to have her come on the show um, because she's highly creative. and Mm -hmm. She has a lot of good energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you want to give a little bit of her bio? Yeah. So yeah. Jenna Zafino is a movement educator. She specializes in teaching uh, continuing education to Pilates professionals. So Pilates is her, Pilates is her jam. And um, she's also the host of a really popular industry podcast called Pilates Unfiltered. But she's recently expanding her offerings to include um, career coaching for movement professionals and she'll talk a little bit about um, some upcoming offerings she's working on and will be um, out uh, for the world to take part in very soon um, yeah. and can yeah I go jump, ahead can I jump in yeah she um her podcast, when I was listening to it, she she's um, getting downloaded in 53 countries all over the wow. world. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So it's reaching a lot of people. She's in her fifth season of her podcast, which means she's embarking on, um, I think, episode 40. And, wait, yeah, yes. <laughs> and I think... We're episode 43 here. So are we in our fifth season, Sandra? It feels, does it well, feel that way? Well, she does it differently than, I don't know. I it feels just, that way. <laughs> she has her structure differently yeah, than ours. Yeah, but I like that. I was like, oh, okay, good. So we're, um, you know, we, we don't, ta- we don't do seasons. But, we don't. Um, because we, just, we like to just talk every week, right? Yeah, we're just going for it every week. But we don't, yeah, we don't have a season unless, unless tw- uh, yeah, we don't. An awesome Yearly. Season. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, when we get to our first year uh, anniversary of our podcast, then maybe that second year is our yeah. se- next season. Maybe we have, maybe, yeah, maybe we have a, a vacation after our one year. Like, where do you want to go? Somewhere exotic, Sandra? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> actually, like that. actually, let's actually, talk about yes. that. Uh, okay, we've just strayed from Jenna, but I do want to say um, you can Jenna. She shares her information at the end of the podcast, but you can find her on Instagram, which is where I love to check her out, and it's Jenna Zafino, J E N N A Z A F F I N O, and that's over on Instagram, and that's her website as well as her name, JennaZafino.com. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's it. Yeah, you can find all of her links there on her website to her podcast, and I think to her offerings and all of that. All right. So enjoy the show, everyone. Okay. Enjoy. 
Good morning, Jenna. Good morning. Good morning, Jenna. So happy to talk to you this morning. I know. I'm happy to be with both of you. A a little more live than we've been in the past. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We've just been friends on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, which is always so funny to me, but I feel like I... Like, I know people, but not, you yeah. know, like I said, I, when I contacted you and reached out, I was like, I've been following you for a while. I want to know more. <laughs> yeah, same. I so mean, you guys, same. you guys were in hip sobriety school together? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That was back in the winter of 2016. So like two years ago. Yeah. Almost two years ago. So that was, yeah, that was awesome. Um, and Jenna, I don't know if you remember me, but we were in a secret Facebook group together and I remember your very beginnings of your sobriety journey yeah I remember you um you were you were interacting in in that group a whole lot in the beginning and I I remember yeah it was interesting because I, I initially found that group um it was in one of those like antiquated kind of Yahoo chat room situations okay, or so AOL. I was just going to yeah. ask you if you were in the Yahoo group because that's where I got – that was the, my fir- very first online recovery online foray was in the Yahoo group. And I could have sworn that that's where I saw your name Yeah, the very first time. Yeah, so I found that one, but it was so I, – I mean I'm such a Facebook person uh-huh. in my life that I would kind of pop back in and pop in and out. And it was really where, um, in that first group, it was really, I came in under a different name. I didn't know if this was for me. I didn't really understand if, if I, if I was, if I really had a problem, if I wanted to change what, what everything looked like. And I thought, you know, okay, well, I'll just lurk like many mm-hmm. of us do, I think. Yeah. And I'll do it under a different name because Lord knows everyone's watching my every move. They so, <laughs> <you know? laughs> like, see it. It's all um, about, yeah, uh-huh. I get yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. And so um, it was It was after, I don't know, maybe a month or so, and, and I was in that stage of like waffling back and forth, playing around with moderation, convincing myself that maybe this didn't have to be forever, you know, maybe it was something else that was going on and it wasn't alcohol at all. And um, then finally, I, I just kind of surrendered for the first time, I think. And I was like, Hey guys, my name's not really this, it's Jenna. And (laughs) this is, Mm. this is what's happening. And, um, one of our members actually said, you should get on the Facebook group. And I was like, Oh, there's a Facebook group. That's what I've been waiting for. And that's what Uh I have to go. And then I found the hip sobriety school through, through the group that we're, but we're both a part of. Right. Isn't that so interesting? You know, that, that Yahoo group, um, if anybody is listening to this and is ever interested in that group, let me know. I can show you how to get there. But yeah. the thing about that Yahoo group, yes, antiquated and clunky as ever. But talk about a place that you could really be anonymous, just like oh, you said. Totally. You could just yeah. jump in there under a pseudonym. Mm-hmm. There are no photos. Mm-hmm. You can really, really um, lurk or explore the thought of getting sober without ever having to reveal your identity. Yeah. You didn't have to worry about posting on your, on your public page versus posting in the, in the, in the secret Facebook group, which I know has been a thing for people where they've like written a long thing and then they've pressed post and they're like, Oh no, I put it on my profile and not in the group. And it just, yeah. Yeah. The Yahoo group was very safe. (laughs) Yeah. 
So cool. Anyway. Well, yeah. That, that's a great entry point, though, right? I mean, that's in the beginning when we're all thinking about this so much and for so long, actually, right? We're not just thinking about it for yeah. a week. We've been thinking about we this for a long time. time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Well, tell us more. So, so, so you did that. You did that. And then. Yeah. So, I mean, even to like, I'm just, I just had this memory of, you know, when you're thinking about it for so long, I actually, I, I had a book. Oh, I'm not going to remember the name of it. Um, I think it might've been tired of thinking about drinking. I think it might've been that one, but I, you know, I got the book, but I didn't want it. I didn't want it to be out in the open that I was reading it. So I took the cover off of another book and then put it on top of that book. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> I the book and I just kind of carried it with me because, you know, you're on an airplane. I didn't want to like whip out my sobriety consideration tools and, and have to have a conversation about it. Cause I didn't know what the conversation sounded like. Um, but so I was, I was doing that kind of dance you know I have a cover Um, on my big book for AA I just want you to know that I created so you're not alone it's not that that surprising because we probably I mean I know I was sneaky as hell with my drinking I would put in coffee cups and you know it would never I would rarely carry around a wine glass it was always it's always sneaky as hell about it so right right. good at that creative exactly (laughs) creative part of what I part of what if there's something that I miss out of it like the diabolical planning that went into some of the drinking escapades was so so satisfying from just like a planner's perspective like to be in you know to be like to pick the cup and you know measure the stuff and all of it like just to be in total control supposedly of of what it is you were you were trying to get after um was yeah is, is one thing that I don't I don't I don't I realized that not too long ago it's like I don't really sneak around with anything anymore that's not fun no <laughs> but <laughs> no do it with like essential oils or do yeah, it with like yeah. a rock or something but yeah you don't have to you don't have to that's sneak around I with do. booze I like sneakily sage some of my clients when when they don't know it I don't know <laughs> sometimes I just need that block and I'll just be like I'm uh-huh. just gonna clean this real quick right so anyways right <laughs> But those groups were helpful to you then? Like just the, you know, trying it on for size? Yeah. I mean, I think like one of the biggest elements, concepts, beliefs, if you will, that I struggled with was that sense of separation and that it, you know, it it was, it was a crisis of ego, I think more, Mm -hmm. more than anything um, and amongst other things. And, um, I'm sure we'll go into some of the things that led up to it, but uh, I felt like it was only me. No one else had this issue. Or if, oh, they, yeah. did, you know, if they did, then it was really bad. Yeah. And I couldn't qualify. I couldn't qualify. I knew my drinking was not good for me, and I knew it wasn't bringing me any place that was good, and I knew that it was not it wasn't helping me get to where I, I wanted to go, and I had all of these desires and visions, but I was... I was distinctly holding myself back every step of the way through trying to numb out things that I never dealt with and, and they wanted to be dealt with. And so when I was in this dance of kind of really recognizing that something had to shift for me, I, 
I felt like no one else could possibly know what it was like. And going in those groups and reading your story written by multiple men and women and being like, oh, my gosh. And then seeing that people were actually, you know, very, very successful, still struggling or had had gotten sober and were seeing their dreams and following them to fruition. I mean, it was such a, it was such a lens to what was possible that I don't know that I would have been able to do what I've done without the, without the reference point, the support and the community of those groups. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. I'm not part of the one that you and Sandra are. I don't know why, but maybe because I'm in too many groups, but, um, (laughs) but just being in the hip sobriety secret Facebook group and, and in the home group and just kind of, I always say secret, I don't know if it's secret, but just those, the conversations are private and they're not public and it's a community and what's, you know, it's like Vegas, like what happens there stays there. Yeah. And, um, that felt really, um, I had to get used to that in the beginning too, but it did feel like a nice place to try everything on for size, your thoughts when you're having a hard time. And so that's why when we created our group for the podcast, it was like that same thing. We wanted to talk about your creative goals, talk about your sobriety. You could, you know, both of them kind of can intersect and inform you and teach you. Yeah. And so I'm glad that they're, they've been available. And I just, I want our listeners to really know that too, because that's why, um, you know, when I was going to talk, when we were going to talk to you today, I was like, oh, I hope I want you to share that because it's, um, it's like the way in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I have to say, sorry, but, um, about no, the sobriety group, it was like, there was an adjustment period for me. I think, you know, I had been in the other private group or secret group and kind of getting my, my feet wet, I guess. And when, when, we, when I came into hip sobriety school, there was this definite shift into a much more, um, loving way of being like people were sharing their struggles, but they were also in ridiculous support and love of each other. And I was in a stage of my recovery where I was angry and I can remember writing to Holly and being like, what's up with all the unicorn and heart emojis? Like, I don't think I can deal with all of this. It's overwhelming. (laughs) It's it's way too dramatic. Too many heart emojis. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't love strangers. Okay. Like I don't even, but the whole thing of it was, is I, I, I I was not in the place where I learned to love myself again, not even close, but I stuck with it. And it became a place where, you know, I could try on a couple of unicorn emojis for size and I could, Mm. it felt really awkward to say, I love you to someone you had never met, but you knew really needed it. But then after a while it became really regular and now it's a regular part of my vocabulary. And Oh my God, there's, it's the best thing ever. It's, Mm. it's, why would, why I can't believe that I would ever shy away from that. But I know that there was, it was an adjustment period and that community was so amazing. Um, People knew, too, I think, that it was an adjustment period for me, and they kind of, like, just, you know, kind of... Gave you some space. Well, you know what I think that... You know what I think that is sometimes, Jenna? I think that, you know, when you come... When we come in with that attitude of, you know, you don't know me, so... Um, I think a lot of times that means if you really did know me, you might not like me. And so it's like a defense mechanism, yeah, I, I totally agree. And also, we're just starting to get to know who we really are because that exactly. veil has been on for so long. And that's that's a tough place to be. But I, I, I'd, I'd definitely rather be 
in that discovery phase in a place that was very heavy on the love than anything safe. else. Yeah, yeah, you were yeah. safe. Yeah. Yeah, I had to take what I wanted from that and leave the rest, um, just like mm-hmm. I do at AA. You know, I just kind of have to – it was the same for me. I don't think I vocalized it, but I'm glad that you did because that's um, speaking up for yourself and being seen and heard and just going, hey, this, this seems – I mean, it could borderline seeming like it's fake, right? If you're this pessimist that's kind of been isolating and drinking and numbing out, you look at all that and you're like, have tons of judgment about it. Mm -hmm. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, you can't, you got to kind of simmer in it for a while. And I'm not super big about all the I love you's, but I do love a good XO. I'll tell you at the end of something, (laughs) which was not me before, I have to say, because I didn't, yeah, that wasn't, but yeah, you change and you evolve. So I'm glad you were open to that. Yeah. And honest about that process. Um, so what made you, what, can I just step back a second? What made you decide to quit drinking? Like what, what was your, could you tell us like a small little story about maybe what got you to say like, this is enough. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it knowing I was coming on today and I kind of, um, hindsight is very <laughs> useful mm-hmm. when you see, to see patterns and things like that. Um, and I think I've, I've, I've had anxiety for, as long as I can remember, I come from a long line of anxious Scottish people. And, um, I, but there wasn't really a name for it. And I can see on the radar where like it, it was elevated. And I think the first time it was elevated was when I was in the throes of running my studio, my Pilates studio, and I was measuring my success based on the intensity of the anxiety attack that I would have before I walked in the door. So if I had a big one, then I would know that like it was going to be a big day. And if I had a small one, I felt like it was, I wasn't doing enough. And so you can see how the logic was absolutely backward on that. And, um, as I kind of was getting addicted to that feeling of, of stress and in some ways creating it for myself and in some ways, um, having it stacked on me with a big staff. I, I, that was kind of the first time that I kind of dipped the toe in, in the pool of numbing. And then I kind of eased out of that. You know, there was a, a time where I did like, oh, you've got to go on this anti-inflammatory diet because your adrenals are tapped and all this stuff. And I, and I was so relieved that I didn't have to drink at that time. I wish I had had the, the withitness to be like, oh, uh, you're relieved because you know this isn't serving you. And you're relieved because you know you really actually don't like how you feel when you're doing it. And you know that this is a small problem. And so I, but I didn't. And then flash forward to a journey through infertility uh, that lasted about three years and, and had loss involved in it and also <laughs> completely loss of who I was as a person during that time because everything that I had ever known about myself was being challenged as a woman. And um, though it wasn't frequent because when you're going through fertility processes, you're not, you know, you're doing everything perfectly. Certainly on the off months was a numbing time again. And then, and I never dealt with those things. I never, I never really sat down and dealt with them hard and true. And so when I was finally blessed with the pregnancy that yielded my son after, and it was our last shot, you know, to, to go there, um, it, it was like pregnancy was 
the focus. And of course there wasn't alcohol involved in that, but without dealing with those other things, I came into new motherhood through a traumatic conception story, a traumatic birth story and trauma that I hadn't, I hadn't dealt with Mm -hmm. through all the anxiety that I was living with. So here I am, this person who's doing everything, getting all the things, the miracles are coming. I've got the business, the husband, the house, the, the son, the miracle baby, no pressure there. And, um, (laughs) you know, and then things, things weren't okay with me inside. And it wasn't just postpartum. There was a level of that, but things were, I was unsettled as a person. I had no idea. about anything. And during that time after, after he was born, my husband um, was let go from his job. I started recognizing that some things had happened within my studio while I was away on maternity leave that were not um, helping the success of it. Things were shifting. I needed to make a decision about downsizing or staying. And I kind of like just, you know, hunkered down and held on and wasn't drinking because I was breastfeeding. But once the dust settled on all of those things, that's when the feelings that I'd never reconciled started to come up again. And that's when the numbing started to happen, um, pretty regularly and it started slow and then it, and then it was quick and it was everything that moms online and, um, in whatever mommy blog publication, it was everything that was okay you know, having, having the wine walking around the block with your kid and a, and a girlfriend talking about how hard it was to parent, that was okay. And having a wine, having a glass of wine while you made dinner, it was okay. And after the kid went to bed, that was okay. But the problem was I still had a whole entire life that was running. And, um, it was, I could very quickly, it started to take a big hold on me and I knew it wasn't right but I didn't really have any more distractions <laughs> to, you know, to like avoid it. Like nobody was putting me in a diet. I didn't have to, you know, I wasn't pregnant. There was nothing to distract me. And, and it felt like the only choice that I had to feel differently was to have wine at the end of the night. And it was, um, it very quickly went into what we all know is like those obsessive thoughts with like how much, you know, do I have any at home? How much do I have at home? Is that going to last me? Should I get more? Will I, which nights will I drink? Well, you know, have I drank every night this week? Really? Are my friends doing that? Oh, they are too. Oh, that's interesting. I guess it's okay. Oh, but I don't feel okay. And then, and then what am I doing, you know, for what am I showing to my son and all of the pressure that came along with that. And I just, I, I knew for, for a long time that, I needed to shift something, that something wasn't working. And I actually remember waking up after a particularly, probably a weekend where there was nothing to do the next day, um, you know, particularly a heavy night of drinking wine and waking up at the, like the three o'clock in the morning time slot where you're sweaty and dehydrated and you're like, oh shit, I did it again. Mm-hmm. And, um, and hearing my name, Jenna, and I, kind of looked up and I, I, there's nobody in the room with me. Not my husband was sleeping in another room. Um, and I remember going, I know, like that was just it. I know I get Mm it. I know. And later, maybe a few weeks or so, I, I came across a quote from Wayne Dyer and I, I, I don't actually even know what his history with alcohol is or isn't, but I remember reading 
I knew that if I wanted to do the work that I was being called to do, then alcohol had no place in my life. And that mm -hmm. resonated with me so strongly because I was so tapped creatively. Like I had no source energy to go to. And I was so tapped energetically. And I was just so tapped from a life source perspective that I just couldn't see... I could see the picture of where I wanted to be and what I wanted to be creating and the life I wanted to live. I just had no idea how to get there. But Wayne said that alcohol wasn't part of the plan and I just chose to believe him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Oh, I love that. It struck oh, you. I do love that. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting how we don't, you know, like everything we want is just on the other side of sobriety and, yes. but we don't, but we don't know that. Right. Or believe yeah. it. Or believe it. Yeah. Or believe it. Yeah. So how, so let me just, for time, um, um, time frame, how old was your son at this time when you kind of had this epiphany? He was um, one, mm -hmm. I say one in a bit, I believe. Okay. So wow. maybe almost two, maybe almost two. So, so lucky. You're so lucky yeah. you had that thought, you know? I'm so lucky because I, because he knows, like, there's nothing that gives me more joy than to tell him because I have the glass that has gold etching and it says awesome water on it. And it's a <laughs> wine glass, but a, like a, a stemless wine glass. And I bring that out when I'm in a social gathering or we have people over and I, I want to have a fancy glass. And so he knows I'm, it's, there's nothing that gives me more joy <laughs> to say, you can have a sip out of mommy's glass. That's yeah, because it's really awesome water. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I feel solid, you know, and he's getting he's getting the real me, which is not perfect. I mean, God, it's not perfect, but right. he's getting all of it. And and we were we were out at lunch the other day and I my anxiety was high and he wanted chips and I got him the chips and they were the wrong chips. And I just I had the, a mom moment and my temper rose and I just kind of threw the chip on the table. And then he later took the chip and he looked at me and he threw the chip on the table at the time. I didn't remember. And I was like, Hey buddy, we don't throw food. And he goes, mommy, you threw food. And I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, right. Right, buddy. Yeah. Okay. So mommy made a mistake and she let her anger, you know, get, get the better of her. But like that picture to me was like, God, can you imagine if he saw me pouring the wine over and over and over mm -hmm. again? Like, what have I just saved him from potentially? And I'm not yeah. saying that he would have had a problem necessarily, but like the opportunity that I'm gifted to be a model for this child is just, you know, in all, all areas, perfect yeah. and not is, is really, I, it's, it is a miracle because of mm -hmm. how he came to be and because he's a person and that's a miracle, but I, I don't want to waste it, you know? Yeah. We talk about that a lot on here, how children, how our kids model our behavior. You know, of course, yeah. I'm no child psychologist and I'm certainly not the one that came up with that. But, but um, you know, the proof is in the pudding for sure. Yeah. Um, they they you can tell them what you want and what you don't want all the live long day. But when it comes down to it, they model what we're doing. Yeah. And so if yeah. we are modeling a solution um, that's a, that's a good thing to model. 
Yeah. And I mean, he's a regular old three and a half year old now, and he has his moments just like any kid does. And they're, they're crazy, but there are times <laughs> where, you know, if we were walking by a church and he doesn't, we were not part of a church and he heard the bells and he turned around to his little friend and he said, Hey Mikey. And he took his fingers out and he goes, peace begins with me, which is a mantra that I learned through hip sobriety that mm. I would say to myself when I was getting anxious and feeling an urge to have a glass of wine. And I would say it and I would try to do it with him. And the fact that we haven't done it for months and he did it with his little friend hearing a church bell, I'm just like, come uh-huh. on universe. Like this is too much. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I, that's so beautiful though. And, and to be able to really um, take that moment in too, because mm. when I was drinking, um, because I didn't stop drinking until my son was 11. So that's a lot of years to be modeling yeah. what I was modeling. And sure. to be able to, to, to be aware now, it's so beautiful to see like them say what you've said or, yeah. you know, reference something like what you just said. And that you can take it in and you're not rushing things along or hungover right. or just kind of dull to it all. Yeah. Which is really you know, one beautiful. of the best things that I've ever done is a part of my recovery is I have redone every hungover experience that I had with him. Sober. Oh. So oh. like, yeah. Tell it, us, it, tell, it, tell us one. So it kind of started out as like a, Oh, I'm, we're doing this thing and I'm sober or, or I'm, you know, I'm not hungover basically. Cause I would never be out in the morning with him like that. But, um, I just, you know, there are times where your hangover is, is overwhelming and you're, you have a kid and you, mm-hmm. you can't, can't yeah. do it. So you're out there. And, um, I would, I, I would recognize that we were doing something and I had felt so bad or I see those darn Facebook memories pop up and, um, you know, it was like, yeah. wait a minute, why are you doing, why are you torturing, torturing me here? You know? Um, but we do this winter wonder fest every year at Navy pier and, um, it is like sensory overload and it's like, there's, there's snow falling and there's like Disney music and there's rides and Santa and trains and everything. And it's, it's, if you have a hangover, it is your worst nightmare. <laughs> Absolutely. Like and even if you don't have a hangover, even if you don't it's kind of like your yeah, worst nightmare. It sounds like so mine we, right now. Yeah. <laughs> but we were able to do it. We did it. We've done it for the past two years. And, um, and this year it really hit me because like we went on the teacups three times and I have dizziness problems as is, but I just was laughing at myself, thinking to myself, like, there's no way I could have even entertained this. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, even so. just the anxiety component that you referenced yeah. earlier for me, I couldn't take my son to Disneyland. I've written about this because of my anxiety, yeah. and I just thought I chalked it up to being like a naysayer, and I didn't like corporate Disney and whatever I was doing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah my yeah, whatever I whatever story I had created was to protect that I have major anxiety at going to amusement parks, large concerts where there's a lot of people. And so when I got sober and I finally told my husband, like, I just can't do that. He's like, well, I'll take him. Yeah. He's like, I feel like it's important that he goes once I'll take him. Mm-hmm. So I think my kid was 12 at the time and they went and had the whole day and I stayed home and wrote and just, it was lovely. Yeah. And but my anxiety at those events also prevented me from connecting with my kids. So sometimes even if it wasn't the drinking per se, 
um, yeah. those feelings can keep you away too. And I, I don't know, I'm still probably not going to go to Disneyland just so you know, but <laughs> I yeah. know that I can, I can try to have some tools to kind of calm myself down now so I can be present with my kid. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I think if you can speak your needs too mm-hmm. about those things without right. being in the throes of any number of <laughs> anxious behaviors, like if you can just say to them, like, this is something that mommy can't do, it becomes like empowering and also permissive for them to maybe say that they're not going to do something later down the line. I don't know. Right. I just, no, yeah. no, I think you're very right about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. So he's three and a half. What's his name? His first, yeah, first name. Jackson. Oh, that's sweet. He's a cutie. I've seen him. He's adorable. (laughs) Totally adorable. Ball of energy. So (laughs) I'm curious. So do you talk about this much? I know you host your own podcast, Pilates Unfiltered, but do you, do you talk about it publicly or how do you navigate this? In your so I real feel life, like I keep trying to. I feel like I keep trying to, and and I keep I keep saying things, and I feel like people don't want to hear it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. What's happening? Mm-hmm. Like I like I had a friend in town, and she's like, "Let's go get a glass of wine." And I said, "So you remember I don't drink?" And she's like, "Uh huh." And they don't. It's mm-hmm. like they don't. They don't want to go there, and it's so it's so unfortunate um, that this that the subject of sobriety isn't more approachable because God, there's some amazing people who have chosen and gone through the treatment that they've needed and, you know, done the things to find the support that they've needed to have a different and better life. And that's so interesting to me. And the other is just not, you know, not, it's not, it's not that people who drink aren't interesting. It's that if we don't talk about the stuff that we go through as humans, that's not interesting to me, you know, the, the, the fluff. So, you know, I've mentioned it a number of times. I feel like, um, you know, my podcast is, is primarily about Pilates and about teaching. And so every time I've gone to record kind of a blurb about sobriety, it's felt a little bit inauthentic because I felt like I was trying to make it approachable for my audience who isn't logging on for that. Mm -hmm. So it's been been an interesting, I mean, I'm coming up on my two year mark and I'm really proud of it. And I've embraced this lifestyle 100% and I, it's my life and it won't, it won't change. Um, and so, and I'm also, I think people have that you know, there's a stigma that you're dangerous if you've had a problem. And right. I don't know why that's different when it's referencing alcohol as opposed to like, I don't know, a disease or a broken leg or you cancer, know, abuse or mm-hmm. cancer or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, what I really, what I really would like to do is expand the conversation because I have it's interesting. It's like by proxy. So people see me commenting and supporting hip sobriety, or they see me posting something about, um, not drinking, or they see me posting a mocktail recipe, or I'll say they're at, they're out there with me at a party and I'll, I'll have a a soda water or something like that. And they'll say, Oh, you don't drink. And I'll say no. And maybe somebody else will be in the mix who I used to have drinks with. And they'll be like, what? And they'll be like, no, I don't drink anymore. And they're like, is that a thing? And I'm like, yeah, it's a really good thing. And then I'll eventually 
maybe a couple of weeks later, and this has happened so many times, I'll get the, the instant, the message or the email that says, Hey, I don't drink either. Mm. And it's such a normal, like, it's such a normally occurring instance, weirdly, I mean, not weirdly, but weirdly in the sense that we're in a wellness field, a health and wellness field. And many of us are struggling with these, these issues and, um, we're not talking about it. So it's been a hard nut to crack because I don't truly want to make it palatable because I think when we make this, our stories, like, it's not like you have to f- have a fire hose of, of drama and despair down someone's throat, but it's also like, it, there's, there's honesty that, that really honors what I went through to get to where I'm, where I am today. And when people maybe look at you and, and say, oh, you know, I don't know how you do it all. It's like, well, I do every minute of every damn day. I'm doing it. Right, know? right. That's that's how I'm doing it. So, yeah. So it's it's interesting. I kind of um, I I've just really come to terms with that. I I don't I don't want to make it make it pretty and palatable. I want to make it honest. And I feel like my my story is a recovery from loss of self. Mm-hmm. You know, that happens to have alcohol involved in it. And I feel like um, that it's not a story of alcohol. It's a story of ownership and really looking at what I gave up and what I decided to own again. I love through that. Sobriety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think your listeners, um, not that you asked for my opinion, but I think that your <laughs> listeners would love to know you a little bit more. Right. And you yeah. are in this health and wellness field and, um, I would find it, I mean, maybe you could find another, um, you know, an interviewee that was sober as well. And maybe that could be a really interesting conversation, like how your business has grown or how it's morphed and changed because you've chosen to remove this one thing. Because, yeah, yeah, the alcohol is not the problem. It's the solution. It helped it helped us smooth those rough edges. It helped us um, get over the anxiety and the stress. It helped us get through the day sometimes. But the problem, yeah, is all these things that are lying underneath. But I think, like just listening to your podcast yesterday, it was like, you're so smart and informed and have so much information. You intrigue me and you have for these last two years, but I've always mm-hmm. kind of wanted to know more. So just so you know that I, yeah. I've never done Pilates. I got to be straight with you right now. <laughs> but so No judgment. But, <laughs> um, it is you who I'm interested in, which could possibly yeah. get me interested. You know what I mean? Like you are the way in. And yeah. um, I, I have yeah. no- beautiful intuitive coach who has been we've been working on this because it's it's hard it's hard to tell the the whole of your story it's yeah. it the, is. you know <clears throat> you know I've always thought to and especially in the big I mean I'm I only have three and a half years so it's not like I have that much more sobriety than you do but um I I would would feel integrated but yet I would still compartmentalize and um, just because that was, it just seemed easier to do it mm-hmm. that way. And so yeah. I totally get what you're, what you're, oh, I totally get what you're describing. 
you know, it's also, it's like uncharted territory in this industry in terms of being very open and honest and public about it. And the norm of what I see is that more, more often than not, I'm seeing posts about Pilates and Prosecco or uh, Pilates for people who love wine. And I mean, I fell into that. I used to do class called Detox Then Retox, and I'm not even joking about that. It was at a <laughs> wine bar and we did standing posture work and then we did a wine tasting. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it's so the the norm, I think, is to add add wine or add drink to everything that could that possibly has anything to do with women. And you're not hearing even when we see those lists of sober celebrities like you don't you don't hear the story necessarily unless somehow they were caught or something, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's like it. It's, it's a weird uncharted territory, but I do, and I'm going to admit this on, on the air, I do feel a strong calling to be a beacon and a strong re- responsibility to like crack this part of the conversation open because I know I'm not the only one. And I know, I know the gifts that sobriety has brought to my life and to my business and to my creativity. And I know that there are so many studio owners and teachers who are just kind of suffering because they, they don't think that there's another way to be. They don't know, you know? So if they see somebody like me, who is a human who had, who had a problem and you know, it's not, it is not the, this will be maybe, (laughs) I'd like to say it was one chapter in my book. I don't, it maybe take maybe two or three, who knows, but <laughs> depending on how far down the rabbit hole we want to go. But realistically, it's part of my story. And it, it, I would not be where I am today with all of the endeavors that I am doing without the, the wisdom that I've gained through going through, through struggle yeah. and working with it, accepting it, owning it, but not letting it ruin my life. Well, that that's really inspiring to hear. And I, I just think I love the story, you know, the human condition is what fascinates me. And mm-hmm. it's why I read memoir. And it's why I like um, to hear true stories. And um, I think that's what I like about these communities, too. You know, it's like, um, not completely unedited, we have to kind of like I said, we have to work our way into this. So we're careful yeah. at first, but then to actually really be unfiltered and to be um, unedited and to be able to tell that without just you know, Sandra says to me all the time, and it's, <laughs> you know, restraint of pen and tongue. And mm-hmm. I, I think like, you don't have to, you have to use discretion, of course, but you can still be, you can still, I think, inspire and tell people your story without having to tell the nitty gritty. And yeah. I think that's kind of like what you're doing and being with us today. And you have so many um, wonderful things that have happened. And, and what the part I wanted to tap into is like, when we stop drinking, there's this like this, um, it's fine to stop drinking and people can do that, but there's a spiritual component that I found that some people are lacking, not religion, but like a spiritual component that gets us right with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I know I wanted you to share a little bit maybe about how you, um, how you've gone into creating the thing you want and how you've kind of found your spiritual, um, voice. Yeah. Could you tell us a little? I will. I would love to. I would love to. It's actually, it's one of the most important parts of, of anything that I do. Um, because the spiritual element that you're talking about, I, I refer to as that, that like source energy. It's, it's who you are. It's your being. And when you are separated from that, it's a crisis. And it can manifest itself in a lot of different ways. And mine 
mine was with drinking. Um, so to get back to that source energy, you know, it's really hard to just be not drinking and all of a sudden accepting and loving of yourself and then, you know, pink clouding and move on. That doesn't happen for many people. So for or me, for very long, right? Or for very long. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because life, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all of it. Um, so for me, initially, I started to tap into that source of self through simple self-care elements, many of which we learned through um, hip sobriety school. But one of the one of the elements that really spoke to me was creating spaces of comfort and reference for comfort like that. And I took that one step further to make everything a hug. So whether it was a soft blanket or an essential oil or music or what have you, or like chocolate, every, it was all about like the feel good elements. And that was the transition for me in my home environment that made me curious about like, if I can make myself feel a little bit better in this way, what else is there? What else is out there? And initially, um, I started looking into Gabby Bernstein because of um, references through hip and I took a course of hers, which it was like in 30 minutes, one of the free offerings in 30 minutes, I started to see where I could be present within my business and everything about my former business while I was still running it at that point was all about other people. It was all about the expectations of the industry, what would serve the clients, how I could keep the teachers happy. And then I would always be like second or third down that line. So my true needs as a person were never really qualified or prioritized in the business model. And and that was a downfall for me. And I, I knew it. I knew it. So when I tapped into this moment of like, oh, my gosh, I see exactly what my message is forming, is shaping into. And I see how I can pull this into my business. Wow, this feels really, really good. And so again, like, you know, the distraction of the business becomes really awesome. And I start working on all of the ways that I can infuse some of these spiritual elements into my business without, you know, maybe being too woo woo or, or, you know, changing too much where I can still speak to my audience. And then it keeps coming at me like, this isn't about your business, sweetheart. <laughs> this is about <laughs> who you are. You know, mm. this is really about like what you're looking for. It's not about your bottom line or your taxes or, or your work as a Pilates teacher. What you're looking for is a connection to who you are. And this is just, these are just little glimmers and, you know, commercials for, for coming attractions for what, what's available to you. And, um, it was at that point that I started diving deeper into meditation and, And I started paying attention to more of Gabby's work. And I started to look into A Course in Miracles a little bit with with more curious eyes. And um, I'm I'm kind of a born skeptic, not in the way that I don't believe in things, but I I have to have a, a reference point to my personal values in order for me to really buy in. And it was the idea of being available to witness simple miracles in, in one's life that started to shift my focus. So there's a line, um, that says in course in of course in miracles, it says something to the great degree of, uh, a miracle should not be awe inspiring, but regularly expected. And mm-hmm. when I started to shift that, that was huge because then I could look at pretty much anything and consider that maybe, and possibly, and actually it was a miracle. So, 
wow, it's a miracle that I got through that traffic light or whatever it was or a miracle for the parking spot or, or my coffee turned out really good today. And so I started, it was little infusions of good that started to build my confidence to dig deeper. And then I, uh, I wanted so badly to go to New York city to do spirit junkie master class because I just felt called to, to dive into the work and it didn't work out for me to do that, but I was able to do the online version of that class and I did it. And I would do it during nap times. I would listen after my son went down for bed, you know, on commutes. And I would just kind of continually do the things and, and write the worksheets and do the meditations and do the writing exercises. And I just kept coming up with more stuff that was coming from me. It wasn't a regurgitation of something that someone had told me to do. It was actually my work. And I was hooked on finding out more. And I, I started to just like shift in the, in the way that I put weight on certain elements of what was happening within my work, um, what was happening in the house. And I just decided like, I'm going to go to level two and I'm going to spend the week with Gabby. And that's, that's what I'm going to do. And, you know, coming from this like angry, I hate unicorn emojis place, of hip to going and spending a week at a Kripalu where you, you know, you got to shut your cell phones off and eat breakfast silent in silence. It was like, it was a huge shift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, what, but, but you sounded ready for it. I was, I, well, I, I mean, as ready as I could have been, it was, mm -hmm. it was a definite leap of faith. And part of it was knowing that how much I had gotten from the work. So like my, my analytical mind kept qualifying it in the sense that it was really good for my business, you know, cause mm -hmm. I'd come up with all these ideas and I would get all, all this really good stuff. And we were going to work on talks and business basics, but really what we were working on was like the condition of self. We were working on healing trauma. We were working on showing up, cultivating your voice, being vulnerable, letting it go. Um, you know, finding your, your through line, your mission, vision, purpose, and ultimately like really establishing, I, I, I just like, um, I, how would I say? Like you, you can't like, a, a, a you had a, a pact with who you were like that. You couldn't, you can't go against that anymore. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it's non-negotiable you, you were, we're discovering who we are and you're doing it in such a way that you can see its influences and its ripple effect out into the many endeavors of your life. But you also see how much value is right there. And you can't, you, it's just, you can't go against that ever again. You can't, you can't hijack that anymore. And I came out of, um, Kripalu with my head spinning and I mean, subsequently, because we don't have three hours, <laughs> I sold my studio, you know, yeah, uh -huh. I mean, wow. long, just a little under a year after I sold my studio, I let that part of my story go. I had been done with her, like done with that scenario for a while, but you know, you don't just let a business go necessarily, but I was able to sell it to somebody who I believed would take it and, and go with it. And she's doing that right now. And then I, I started working on the dream which is kind of where I'm at now. And, um, I started just letting, letting some guideposts be born of what I, the, the sort of quality and the sort of, um, elements of, of guidance that I wanted to be there to, to help me understand whether, whether I was going against myself by making a choice 
or whether that choice was in alignment with who I was. Because mm. if I had made that decision to not, if I've made that decision to not go against my true self, then I didn't want to open another business that could possibly do that. And so interestingly, my new endeavors are proving to be much more challenging because of that fact. And because um, there are a lot more no's and the yeses require more consideration and, mm. um, you know, and the work is more energetic output, but God, the fulfillment is beyond. Oh, well, share, share a little bit of that with us. Like, so what does that mean? Because I know you do, so you're, you are multi-passionate. Like you yeah. do, <laughs> you do so many awesome things. Um, yeah. But so, so can you, can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing right now? Yeah. So, and I, I you know, I always get a little bit um, insecure about saying the things that I do um, because mm-hmm. it feels like a lot, just because people are like, oh my God. And then sometimes people can have a, a reaction that's like, that maybe I expect them to do that many things as well. But I just got to say like my brain's on fire 24 seven and I, I, my, (laughs) the way that I choose projects to pursue is that I have a feeling that if I don't do it, I'm going to die. And that's how it is. I love that though. That's how it's, I woke up that way this morning. I was, I just did a little Instagram story before we talked. I'm like, I have 142 ideas. I woke up with everything this morning (laughs) after having like a horrible day emotionally yesterday. I woke up this morning, I'm like new day. I got to write all this down before I forget. (laughs) Yeah. So I love that. It's inspiring. And I also think like in sobriety, Jenna, like I don't care so much what other people think. I mean, I do still, I'm human, but I try to let that go because otherwise I'm never going to make what I want to make right? As a creative, if we worry so much what they're, what they think. So we're here to shine the light on you today, Jenna. So I do want to hear about what you're doing. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So initially before the selling of the business, I, I had toyed around with this idea of having a podcast about Pilates, uh, forever, but really what it was, was going to be a platform for my unique voice to get out there. And, um, I, I, toyed around with it and I tried to record some things and I didn't really have a lot to say. And then it came, it kept coming back around. And finally I just said to my assistant, I'm like, we're doing a podcast. And so we started the podcast and it, it, we, we did it right. I had plenty to say and that we're in our fifth season now and we are up. We just gotten picked up by Spotify to be on their platform and we're rolling to the tune of almost 140,000 downloads and we have people from all over the world who are listening and it's been an amazing journey and it's so interesting because there are guests on the show like like we're doing now to share their story but um but it's also a place for me to really teach the lessons that don't get to be taught while you're, you know, helping somebody tone their abs per se. Um and that's been that's been such an amazing, unique place for me to grow that it's then given me the confidence to go out and do more by way of education. So in the Pilates industry, there is a lot of anatomy education or choreography education, or here's what to do on this equipment, but there's not a lot of education that considers taking care of the condition of the teacher, the wellness of the teacher, the mindset of the teacher. And we're energetic beings who are giving off energy and taking on energy all day long when we're teaching other humans. And so I was able to get the confidence to put out a course called Teach Happy, 
and it has been amazing. And it's an online course where I teach teachers of movement how to create strategies to support themselves throughout their teaching endeavors and also set a platform so that they can follow the pathway that is that feels more right for them versus the one that they've been told to follow. And that's been really, really important for me. Well, um, okay. Well, I have a question. Yeah. So those yeah, two, yeah. just even those two endeavors, I have a question. Mm-hmm. So as a creative person and you have all of these ideas, here's where I get stuck. And so it sounds like you have an assistant, yeah. but the, so I maybe I already know the answer, but it's like, learning how to do all these things like getting sponsorship and the technical aspect and doing an e-course like do you tackle that as well or do you outsource that I mean how how do you do all that (laughs) I do it all and I do it all so janky behind the scenes (laughs) like so So we're soul sisters is what you're saying Okay. I mean, sometimes Good. my <laughs> podcast into a Tupperware bin. We just upgraded to this like PVC piping situation where, you know, but I mean, it's like it, it, I, I just I look at it and I am not a person who's independently wealthy and I am not a person who has like unending funds coming in to just say, let's build out a sound studio in our, you know, West Wing so we can do <laughs> podcasting. That doesn't happen in my life. So I'm scrappy. And I have to figure out how to put things together. And so thankfully for Pinterest and other, you know, dark corners of YouTube, you can pretty much figure out how to do anything if you have the willingness to do it. It's true. And you have to not, you have to go in expecting to fail. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and that's the thing. And failure doesn't mean that you have to burn it to the ground. It just means you learn something and you keep going. Yeah. And I think that it's like, my clients have consistently been my anchor. So in a way, um, the risk for taking on creative projects is somewhat minimal because it's not my bread and butter in this moment. Financially, I still have movement clients, but I'm, I I do intend to make the shift, um, very soon to having these creative outlets be my bread and butter. I mean, the podcast is becoming a major part of my income. Um, the courses are it's it's raising the level of what's possible for a Pilates professional, I believe, um, especially one who is in her 40s and doesn't know she can teach 10 sessions per day for the rest of her life. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm really passionate about – so I guess – like to actually answer your question. So I see the idea and I look at it and I say, okay, what do I think is needed for this idea to flourish? And I do a little research and then I, I, I look at kind of usually I Amazon budget everything and see, can I, can I swing this? What's the lowest common denominator that I need to put it out there? And then I usually look at somebody who's doing it, um, at a low level, and mm-hmm. how they're doing. And I look at somebody who's doing it at a high level and how they're doing. And as you know, there are podcasts of like every level of production out there. So they're just happening. And I think to myself, well, you know, let's give it a shot. Let's, let's try and let's see what happens. And I, and I kind of qualify by saying, well, I always have my movement clients to fall back on right. if it doesn't work out. Um, but with the courses, I think that um, it's the faith that if I go through the effort, then I can maybe reach one or two people. And that's enough for me because I get so much fulfillment creating the platform to share my own voice, um, which has been scary to put out there because it's not it's not 
the regular conversation. Um, and the Pilates world can be extremely judgmental at times. So, uh, or all the time, pretty much. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's the, it's looking at a course and saying, okay, what, what can I do on my own that will allow this information to get to the people that it's, that it's intended to reach? And am I okay with that at the end of the day? And I get frustrated when the quality isn't exactly what I want it to be. And I get, I get frustrated when I don't have the space to, let's say, just like contemplate a creative project. You know, oftentimes I'm playing cars with my son and the other half of my brain is doing the contemplation of the creative project. And that's just kind of how it happens. Um, but I think that it, it has to, it has to marinate for a bit before I, I know that anything that I do is going to require my time and energy. And I know that that budget of time and energy is, is not enormous, yeah. especially with a child at home and a business. So it's gotta be, it's gotta be something that I feel has merit. It's gotta be something that I believe in. It's gotta be something that I feel like I'm going to die if I don't do it. And then I kind of just figure it out. And I'm lucky to have an assistant because she's a, she's a good figure outer of, of the things that I don't want to deal with like numbers and, and, you know, <laughs> is like she that. a real life assistant or is she a virtual assistant? She's a real life assistant. And okay. it's just our, our relationship has grown really organically because she came in as, um, a receptionist in my, my studio. And then I needed more of a manager and we, we morphed her into that role. And then we sent her to a college course to learn accounting. So now she does my bookkeeping and now she, we, we discovered podcasting together and now she knows everything about podcasting. So I love it. I, I, I hope I never lose her, but I feel at the very least I've given her a really good platform to get a number of different jobs after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that so just like that. So that's what I'm so I'm just the process is so interesting to me to get from A to Z. Right. And and sometimes you don't have to get to the Z like where you're at. Like we're, like Sandra and I, we're just figuring it out. Right. We're 40. Yeah, yeah. The, you're episode 43. And mm-hmm. we kind of have organically done this. And I'm just I like that, um, like when you said we're scrappy, I guess, I guess we are too. And it's just that you figure it out. But I'm, I was just curious because, um, that can stop a lot of people for the creative process, right? That can just stop saying, Oh, I can't figure it out. And I, I know that I have that happen to me often with certain projects, but when I'm in the groove or when I'm in that, um, kind of talking about teaching happy when I'm in the happy place, like you just got to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. It sounds like that's Or a lot of times when you, when you look at somebody else's finished product, you're, you're like, they they just landed. It was like fully formed and Mm -hmm. then it was, you know, propelled by magic and it's not (laughs) true at all. You know, you just kind of like take things and little jumps chunks or you know you you knock out a little bit here and a little bit there but mostly you're just figuring it out as you go along yeah and um there's certainly no magic behind it well I feel like one of the elements that people miss out is is they don't necessarily understand that getting to that happy place is the most important requirement, getting into an energy where you can flow with the ideas and you can work through the hiccups and the roadblocks. That's, that's a huge requirement. And in fact, one of the things that I am at starting next month is something called the passion project. And when you look at the 
the breadth of my work, it just, again, like it just makes me laugh. So this year, you know, we had a huge boost in the podcast. I launched one online course. I launched a coaching business for professionals. I'm still doing movement sessions. I'm teaching continuing education courses and speaking at conferences. And, um, and I also invented a product that was purchased by the largest distributor of Pilates equipment in the world. And so, you know, just stuff, right? No big deal. That's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. It's amazing. And each one of these things are 100% connected to me and who I am and the impact that I want to make in this world. Mm. So if, and the process in getting them out, if I'm not connected to that through line, to that source energy, to that impact, to the mission, to the vision, if I don't know what the life span, like if I don't know what this product wants to be in its essence, then it's not going to be able to be expedited. So right now I'm getting ready to run this 12 week program with professionals who have an idea and they're stuck in the fear place and they think this idea is going to be great. And we're going to go through a 12 week process of breaking down not only what the idea is and how to get it, how the brass tacks of, you know, the business elements that I've learned. The logistics. Yeah. Right. All the, the boring parts of the, yeah. yeah, right. But the end, the energetic needs of this idea, like these are birthed projects. They truly are. And they're, you know, they're not, there is no shark tank in real life. You know, it doesn't right. just <laughs> happen like that with any business. And there is no, you know, there is no overnight success. It doesn't, it, it doesn't, exist. But what does exist is the feeling of fulfillment that you get by putting something out into the world that's part of your legacy or your message or yourself. And that that's what I'm, I'm really passionate about helping people do. And it turns out, you know, who who knew that this was going to be the next endeavor, but um, I'm, I'm probably most excited about that right now, because I love the fact that the experience and the hardship hardships that I've gone through to get stuff out there and, and, and conceive and birth ideas is going to have a ripple effect to help other people do the same. And I love that, that energy that's just spinning when you have people who are able to pursue and enjoy their creations. And -hmm. maybe you had a small part in that, you know? Right. I think you touched on something really important though, too, is that you can't just feel meh about it. You know, it's Mm -hmm. gotta be something that, that you really, really feel aligned with. Yeah, totally. I, 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 yeah. Because, because if you feel meh about it, the, the most exquisite copy branding pictures, social media posts in the world, they can't, that you got to believe in it, that you have to be in love with it. It has to be an extension of you. We all know, we all watch, we see it every day on social media. We scroll through it and we're like, yeah, okay. Keep Mm -hmm. selling your, your things. Like (laughs) it's cool. You know, some people like meh too, honestly, some people, some, some people like that. They're attracted to something that doesn't feel so overwhelming. But what I find is that when you put it all out there and it's supported by who you, who you are in every essence of your being good, bad, and ugly. It's, it attracts people who are, that's your tribe. You know, they, they want to be a part of it. And then you find out more about what else is out there and it 
it fuels your own creativity and then you want to do more ideas. (laughs) Yeah. And it's authentic. It's, I think that's the thing, right? When we, and also I feel like this just to kind of circle back a little bit, like when I removed alcohol, I could finally figure out who I really was. And this person who likes to create like I do and the things that I do now, I, she's been hiding. She's been, she was too afraid to do it. She dabbled and then she hid. And so the fact that I get to do this now and removing alcohol from my life I also feel like I'm, you know, I'm 47 years old. I got to get going. Let's get this yeah. show on the road. And that yeah. time motivates me very much. And I don't want to live anymore, like by denying um, the calling. And it sounds like you're answering your calling, Jenna. And I, I just, your enthusiasm and your just your authenticity. I just thank you so much for sharing it with us here. Oh, awesome. So well, we could talk to you forever. I know, yeah. um, but um, <laughs> I mean, there's so much more because I know you wrote a children's book. Is that yes? I did. I did. And oh you, my god. Yeah, and you do coaching, <laughs> and you make all these awesome videos. And yeah, you did a bunch of videos on Instagram that I watched, I think for 30 days that were just amazing. You're obviously very theatrical and have like, that must be part of your background. Is is that true? I'm a, I'm a former professional dancer and, um, I had a short lived, but rich career and, uh, in dance was very much steeped in modern traditions with a classical ballet background like everybody. Um, I miss it a lot just Mm. from the standpoint of, um, being able to have that moment of pure, uninterrupted expression. And Mm -hmm. so weirdly, Instagram has satisfied a bit of that need for me. And I'm exploring it in in many, many different ways. And um, it's, it's really fun. I find it really fun to just like, I don't, it's not that I don't care anymore. It's just that I understand that in the scheme of things, what matters more is the way I feel about what I'm putting out there as opposed to, you know, whether or not somebody likes it and right. Mm-hmm. And the right people are liking it. The right, the right connections are being made. So I think, I think that, um, a lot of that we can attribute to sobriety, but then probably most of it we can attribute to just getting turning 40. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 You give way less fucks. Yeah. <laughs> You're so judicious with your fucks. It's not even funny. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. That is, that is, that is true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so let's, um, we're going to, you can, I would love for you to share and promote what's next for you, but let's do that at the very end. I wanted to kind of get into um, Jenna's uh, Unruffled Toolbox and share yeah. maybe three things that either creatively or that have to do with your spirituality, sobriety, whatever is in your toolbox that kind of helps you stay unruffled. Okay. So the first one is definitely I've, I've started, continued a love affair with essential oils. I don't want to sell them. I don't necessarily want to eat them or do like <laughs> uh-huh. a lot of things for them. Um, I recently started just dabbling with making candles with them only because it was cheaper than buying $20 candles every two weeks um, or every few days. But I, I, I have, I like the idea that something has intention and a purpose. And so when I know that there's a correlation between an essential oil and a desired state of being, that makes me feel very comforted. So when I feel disconnected from self is usually when I'm the most susceptible uh, to thinking about drinking. Mm. And it happens. 
It happens because yeah. you find yourself in situations and you're like, well, crap, I thought that was gone, but it's still there, I guess. Huh. All right. Um, so that's I, I, I do carry like a little essential oil vial uh, with me for with a little stress mixture, stress away mixture, and I will diffuse them in the house and um, uh, I will do what I can to, um, like do an awake one in the morning and a sleep one at night. And those seem really simple, but they go towards my self care. And it's all about acknowledging that I'm here, I'm alive, I'm living and I'm doing my best. And mm. that's, that's the statement that that tool, um, is for me, has for me. Um, I like that. the other thing that I know is controversial because for some people it's too much of a trigger, uh, to have like a drink that might look like an alcoholic drink, but I have no shame about challenging a bartender to make me a mocktail Mm -hmm. that is, you know, yummy. And I, I, I started, I used to have some shame about it. Like "Mm, club soda. Well, just because like, you're just walking out, you know, you, when you're first starting out and everyone's having wine and and you're just like, I guess I'll have a club soda because you still want wine. You still want, you want it, but you're not having it. So, or especially if you have a bartender, that's just kind of an asshole about it too. That's that's always annoying. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell that really, really quickly. I don't, I don't push it on the challenge, um, in those cases, but I will say like, what do you, what do you do for a mocktail? That's really yummy. And I'll, I'll get sparkly in my eyes and I'll, I'll use that. And I end up, it's a game for me. And, and when I am out in social, um, situations, which isn't that much, uh, now, especially with the kiddo at home, but, um, it, it's helpful. It's helpful. And I also experiment with things at home. I muddle things and I mix things and I use my awesome water glass and it makes me feel like whatever, whatever the pull to that celebratory reward was in terms of, of wine or alcohol. Um, it's, there's, there's something similar to the pull of a really pretty mocktail and also something empowering because I know I'm doing it for myself. Like I'm able to have the enjoyment of a little reward, but I'm not going down the path that is, um, is detrimental to me. Yeah. And so there's mm-hmm. a, kind of a dual purpose there. Can uh, I throw something in my grocery yeah. store? And I'm sure everyone's now are, are carrying uh, these sparkling juices, you know, like, I mean, we've seen, um, the, the apple sparkling, uh, I can't even think of the name of the brand name, but it's been around forever. Martinelli. Um, Martinelli. Thank you. And, 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 uh, Welch's I think started carrying one, but the other day my grocery store had a couple of French ones, like a, um, Mm that were imported (laughs) they were so good and I got to share it with my daughter and we it was so fun (laughs) yeah yeah it's nice it's nice to have that there's so much messaging in the world about how amazing alcohol is supposed to make your life that it's hard to we know what the story is for us and but it's hard to separate that sometimes so I think the placebo effect of having a pretty drink that you made for yourself that has fruit in it which is nutritious is fine. You know, like I, think yeah. it's, I think it's a really good bandaid and I don't always do it, but I, you know, sometimes I do, it's, especially when I'm out with people who don't care to know much about my story too. It's kind of a nice, a nice, um, a nice thing to do. Yeah, I like um, that. I like that. And that's self-care yeah. too. That is yeah. totally self-care. Yeah. Yeah. And then for, for the spiritual end of things, you know, it's, it is, 
a bit of a challenge with a three-year-old. So things that I do to keep myself connected to, to source energy, um, some of them happen in my movement space. So I have, I do, a, uh, I use Palo Santo, but I do kind of a cleansing ritual each week when it's just me and my studio by myself. And I, I acknowledge that that's a renewal for the next week because I think that one of the elements that my head can get into is that every that there's um oh this is happening to me and that it's never going to change or that why does this always happen this way why can't i do that like those are some of the low vibe thoughts that can happen so i do feel like if there's an element of of cleansing the space then i'm i'm taking action to say okay i'm ready for a shift um i'm ready for for something one of my favorite lines mantras prayers lately is, um, I'm ready to learn this lesson through a different storyline. <laughs> so <laughs> can you stop sending that person into my Instagram feed and maybe throw me someplace else? <laughs> can I, yeah. You know, um, I like that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big, I'm mantra till I die. So I write mantras on my hands. Um, I have them on my, uh, in my notebooks. I have them pop up in my alarm on my phone. Um, I use card, I pull cards in the morning and I started pulling cards with my son. I got him a, um, a deck of cards. So, and they're all about empowering words. Like I am brilliant. I love to learn. And there's a, a number of things that we can read together and he's really into it right now. So Aww. I kind of have that as a dual purpose. And I would guys, I would love to come on here and be like, I meditate for 20 minutes a day. I'm that person. <laughs> I, I, I wish, I wish I could say that because I, it is probably the most beneficial tool that I have. And I, I get it where I can, but many times it's a deep breath honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Many times it's yeah. just that, like, yeah. let's zoom out for a second. And, um, and I use, I talk to myself, okay, girlfriend, what's this about? All right, girlfriend, like, let's, let's slow it. Come yeah. on, Jay. Where do, what are you going to do with this one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it, it all goes into the relationship that I've cultivated with myself. I, I really like who I am and I couldn't always say that. Aww. And, uh, yeah, yeah but that. but the, the joy of that is that you get excited for her. You know? True, true, and and, and and surrounding like and being witnessed, I think too. Like I'm sure your husband is witnessing you, right? Your clients are witnessing yeah. you, and your listeners are witnessing you, and that um, your son is witnessing you, yeah, as well as yourself witnessing what you're doing yourself. But just to be witnessed is pretty powerful as well when yeah. we're when we're doing yeah. this work. Uh, well, I hope you feel witnessed today because um, totally we love we love <laughs> yeah. having you on. I want to give you a moment to share what's next for you, Jenna, because I know there's so much where people can find you if you want to, you know, let let our listeners know, because I'm sure they're going to check you out. Yeah. So um, I'm just going to make announcements of ideas that I'm planning on working on in the next month. How's okay. that? Do it. So I'm Do gonna it. Set, I'm going to set it. Do whatever you website. want. <laughs> <laughs> My website is jennazafino.com. Um, I'm launching the passion project in just a few weeks with the, where we're a group of professionals where we're going to take new spins on their business or, or, uh, pursue putting products and creative ideas out into the world. So that's another thing. Uh, there is a program that I'm going to be launching in, in March. It's called teach from the heart and it is a group of courses, group of series that each have a different theme, an overarching theme like self-assurance, gratitude, expansion, curiosity. And within that series, 
it's like um, it's a 12 week engagement where you are doing something each week that lends itself to strengthening that concept for you in your life. So it, it's meditation, it's writing, it's movement, it's um, some considerable like teaching exercises if you're a movement teacher or, or, or moving exercises if you're just moving your own body. Um, and that's, that's happening, uh, shortly. And then I've just decided, honestly, not today, earlier than today, but, um, (laughs) I've decided that my podcast runs in seasons. So we have 10 weeks on and about six weeks off and that's for interviews, et cetera. And I've decided that I'm going to be launching, uh, like a side arm of that podcast to talk about things, um, that are not Pilates because I can, mm-hmm. and I have a lot to say about the things that I've learned and, um, the things that I believe are useful to other women to hear about movement, but also about life and self and relationships and navigating through this whole crazy universe that we have <laughs> available to us. And so I, I really felt like I've set the stage to expand my voice and, um, and that's where, that's where we're going. So exciting. So this would be an additional podcast, a a separate podcast. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I do feel sometimes like I'm held back from the topics that I want to explore in more depth because Because people are coming to you for Pilates. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. and it's wonderful. And it's, it's, it's part of me, but it's not all of me. And I, I am so happy to say that because it was all of me for so long, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's what I teach. It's not who I am. So I'm really, I'm excited to go more in depth to the other things that exist. It's going to be Jenna unfiltered. I like it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, I think that'll be interesting to your female, um, well, males too, I'm sure. But I, there's, there's something about connecting with women too. And, and, um, that's what we like doing here. And, um, we love our male listeners, but we just, that the connection as a woman and had to, to kind of know that we are all in this kind of human experiment together right we we can connect we we know what it's all about so ah that's exciting jenna i'm excited about it i think you have a lot to say i think that that will that will be a success thank you thank you i think it's going to be good for me too to you know explore it's uncomfortable and so i know it's right right (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's usually the indicator right yeah. 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 Oh, well, thank you so much for being here today. And we will tell everybody where to find you in the intro. So um, thank you just... both. I love what you're doing for the community. And oh. I, I just think that it's opening a whole new arm for people to feel connection. And it's so important. And I'm, I'm, I'm beyond humbled and gratified to be on the show today and to share a part of my story. I just, I can't thank you enough for the opportunity. Oh. oh, thanks, Jenna. Yeah, thank, thanks for um, giving us your time. And um, I'm very excited that you're coming up on your two years. Do you want to say the day, the the big day? Okay, so I always screw it up. It's either February fifteenth. It's either February fifteenth or sixteenth. Okay. And I have I have a sober buddy who is in the group with me, and she's the one who keeps tabs. Okay, I love it. Well, I do have a plan to post on Instagram. I have this little placard um, that was made by an artist on Etsy that says the words "connected in gold for like ever." 
Mm. And in my early sobriety, I carried it, I carried it with me every place I would go that could possibly have, you know, the temptation to, to slip or to drink or whatever. And I would just put it on my nightstand and really up for like ever. That's what I've made the commitment for, for like ever. And so I will be (laughs) posting that and, and talking a little bit more on my social media about the journey and celebrating because it is a big celebration. Big, big. Everybody should listen and and listen into Jenna's um, podcast and hear, hear about that. So thank you so much, Jenna. Have a really great day. Thank you. Okay. Bye guys. Bye guys. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by NMMD. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designer Chris Aguirre. Thanks for listening.